0: and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. The July 2012 issue of IEAM contains a special series of articles entitled Bayesian Networks in Environmental and Resource Management. Today we're speaking with Dr. David Barton, who's the guest editor for the series. David is a senior research scientist at the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research in Oslo. He's also the lead author on the summary paper that provides an overview on the use and application of Bayesian networks in decision-making. David, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, hi, it's my pleasure.
0: In the year 2000, an article that was published in The Economist said that the essence of the Bayesian approach is to provide a mathematical rule explaining how you should change your existing beliefs in the light of new evidence. In other words, it allows scientists... To combine new data with their existing knowledge or expertise. Given this, many of our listeners might be interested in using such higher-level methods for risk assessments, but they might not understand the theory or the equations that underpin their application. Would you give us a brief overview of Bayesian approaches and describe how they might improve upon more commonly used modeling techniques?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give it a try. Uh, I'd like to do so with uh, with just a simple example. In my opinion, from my experience, uh, Bayesian networks can be very useful in environmental impact analysis, where you need to link a number of assessments together. This is typically situations where there's a, a chain of cause and effect. So an example would be a, a lake experiencing periodic toxic algal blooms. And uh, we might want to look at this management problems in in terms of a top-down or deductive type analysis. And we could ask, for example, if I have one more observation on erosion and nutrient runoff to the lake, how much more will I know about the suitability of the lake for bathers during the summer? So here I need to reason about the uncertainty of the effects that nutrients can have on the lake and its water quality, I would also need to think through the variability and how bathers would react to visible changes in lake water quality. Now, all of this can be done currently with dynamic simulation modeling or even uh, with simpler regression techniques. So the question would be, uh, what does Bayesian networks or Bayesian statistics bring that might be new? Well, we could do the same thing as the models. Bayes' theorem tells us of a way of combining different types of information, like you mentioned in your introduction. And by the way, Thomas Bayes, he was an English mathematician and Presbyterian minister during the first half of the 18th century. So this way of combining information and and knowledge has been around for a while. Anyway, Bayes' theorem tells us that we can combine what we would call the prior probability, for example, what we know about the probability of algal blooms historically, with a likelihood, which is a likelihood about how to interpret new evidence, for example, how nutrient runoff affects the probability of algal blooms, how we combine this with new evidence, so what we observe nutrient runoff to be, for example, this season, and finally, the posterior probability, which is the updated knowledge about algal blooms this year, when we know nutrient runoff this year. Now, this could, like I said, could be done with uh, different kinds of simulation models. We can also do it with a Bayesian network thinking top-down. Now, where Bayesian networks, the Bayes' theorem is really useful is in bottom-up thinking or inductive thinking or maybe what doctors would call diagnostic thinking. So, for example, a diagnostic type question by a manager of this catchment could be, if conditions for bathers were suitable for more than 50% of the summer season, what levels of runoff and erosion prevention measures would likely achieve this? So you can see we're thinking from the bathers up towards which measures we would need, thinking back up the causal chain and Bayesian networks allow us to do this with Bayes' theorem. So Bayesian networks in the software are also really useful for discussing and sharing knowledge. I mean you visualize a chain of cause and effect uh, different domains of knowledge visually in a network so you can discuss the different components of this system uh, visually on screen. So they help make available knowledge about cause-effect structure of a problem They make it visible to scientists, managers, and resource users, and they also easily show on screen the relative amount of uncertainty in each field of knowledge that's being brought in. For example, an impact evaluation of, let's say, alternatives for environmental management measures and catchment. So it's also very useful in Bayesian network uh, software. There's a lot of facility for doing decision analysis. A network is helpful to check whether the same factor, for example, is the cause of variation across a number of different uh, models. An everyday example would be uh, rainfall. So let's take erosion and nutrient runoff again from soils to the lake, cloud cover and light for toxic algae growth in the lake, and conditions for lake recreation, for example, swimming. Variation in all of these factors are correlated, uh, co-vary with rainfall. Now. If we don't account for this co-variation that rainfall affects all of these sub-models in our cause-effect chain, this might lead to an overestimate of the uncertainty about algal blooms in the system caused by changes in erosion and runoff. And Bayesian networks can help to make a more reliable overall assessment of uncertainty by visualizing these correlations. A basic question we can model is whether to invest in management measures or whether we need more information about a relatively uncertain part of the system. So we when we have the probabilities uh, in the uh, network, we can look at where the uncertainty is greatest in this cause-effect chain. So I hope that somehow summarizes a little bit of uh, the advantages of Bayesian networks in a concrete example for you.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a, a useful analogy. So then... Most of our listeners might easily relate to expressing outcomes in terms of probabilities, such as the chance that it might rain today, as you mentioned earlier. But how reliable are such statements of probability when generated with Bayesian approaches?
1: Uh, like I said, the, the reliability is greater the more use you make of available information. So Bayesian networks, in the, in the sense that they would use available data and available models, and show a way of combining this information with new evidence, would make them more reliable than, for example, a a classical statistical regression approach, which only made use of new observations on the correlations, for example, between this year's runoff in the catchment and this year's algal blooms. Maybe one of the mistakes we as researchers often make is that we don't make use of the data that's in literature reviews In prior models or models that have been done previously, in our uh, new modeling efforts, uh, we often start or like to start from scratch and reinvent the wheel. So Bayesian networks can help us in bringing in this prior knowledge about how to interpret new evidence.
0: So would a Bayesian approach be more accurate if there's more legacy data for that particular scenario?
1: Yes, so the more the more legacy data there is available and the more, let's say, available simulation modeling results you have, you can use those as sub-models in a Bayesian network. And you can also include, uh, for example, if you have no prior uh, modeling in an environmental impact context, you can also use expert judgments to define your conditional probability tables about the cause-effect relationships. In this sense, sometimes the idea of a Bayesian belief network is used, uh, not just Bayesian networks, but Bayesian belief networks in the sense that they use uh, expert judgment as well. And you can have a cause-effect chain where you can combine uh, expert judgment with model simulation results to look at the whole chain of because uh, effect
0: So in the special series, there's actually a number of examples that employ Bayesian networks for real-world situations. Is that
1: right? Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: Would you talk about one of these and tell us a bit about how the methodology informed the decision process?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I have the problem uh, that there are so many. Uh, there are seven interesting cases there. I mean, we have, we have at uh, the national uh, river basin level, we have a study on the development scenario alternatives for the Ganges River in India. We have a study on fisheries productivity in Finland at the regional level. We have a study on groundwater contamination in Denmark groundwater abstraction in in Spain. Uh, We have uh, one from Australia on coastal cyanobacteria blooms. We also have a couple of papers at the local level, uh, for example, on river reach rehabilitation uh, management alternatives and also on um, a study on cheetah population viability in uh, Namibia. So I guess I'll have to pick one. I'll pick the one from uh, Denmark on groundwater contamination. The Havels uh, catchment is a case study from Denmark, and it's described in the paper by Fomani and colleagues in the special issue. Bayesian networks were constructed uh, with stakeholders for analysing groundwater protection measures against pesticide contamination of groundwater. Now, Fomani and colleagues' uh, Bayesian network approach demonstrated several advantages compared to commonly used approaches. The Bayesian networks enabled locally-based solutions They provided local acceptance of decisions and solutions and improved the dialogue between the water company, local stakeholders and authorities. The Bayesian network process of modelling encouraged diverse perspectives, enabled a better evaluation of the issues, and made use of local and citizens' knowledge, which was not previously known by the authorities because these people were included in the modelling process. The Bayesian networks went beyond information and consultation, and they required the full and active involvement of stakeholders and domain experts in the construction and validation of the Bayesian networks. I think this illustrates one important point about Bayesian networks. So It's not the statistics in itself, but with the help of software, modeling software, where you visualize the network structure, you really can work together with different domain experts and local stakeholders and managers in getting their different descriptions of their understanding of cause and effect before even moving on to the conditional probabilities of the cause and effect. Anyway, the the advantage of this Bayesian network modeling approach was reducing risk of later on losing support of stakeholders during the implementation phase of the action plan it Was being prepared, this kind of process is not unique to Bayesian networks, but Bayesian networks and uh, network modeling and software really helped the process. The benefits of Bayesian networks was greatest when there was a high degree of interaction between researchers, users, water managers, stakeholders, and the general public. In fact, the water company used the Bayesian networks for analysing whether voluntary agreements with farmers was a feasible element in the water company's groundwater protection strategy. Now, at the end of the process, their evaluation was that Bayesian networks were able to simplify and deal with the complex qualitative and quantitative issues of a groundwater system exposed to contamination risk due to pesticides, the water managers felt that Bayesian networks allowed them to integrate different domains and knowledge bases, for example, expert knowledge, modelling results, and monitoring data from hydrology, economics, ecology, and social domains. They found that it was a good tool for focusing dialogue about management It was also a useful tool for participatory integrated assessment and for identifying knowledge gaps in particular. The Bayesian networks were used to evaluate this policy instrument voluntarily dropping pesticide use in agriculture. I think, at least what I gathered from the article, water managers believed that Bayesian networks could be used to test other policy instruments and management measures too. But it has to be a shared tool for all stakeholders and repeated use with stakeholders was evaluated as necessary for using Bayesian networks in practical water management. So I guess that's a quick synopsis of Farmani uh, at our paper on groundwater management in Denmark.
0: Thank you for that. We certainly hope that these seven cases are going to help the IEAM readers take away something that's applicable to uh, current projects that they're working on or maybe upcoming projects. I think everyone is familiar with having to negotiate between stakeholders and policymakers in their work. Yeah. That actually brings us to my last question about whether you could provide any recommendations or caveats for our listeners who might be considering Bayesian techniques for projects they're working on.
1: Uh, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. Uh, so I, I had a, a little uh, chat with colleagues before coming on the program, and the colleagues presenting the papers in a special issue... I've found that Bayesian networks will aid in structuring the interaction with stakeholders and scientists carrying out uh, evaluations. It'll help, hopefully help you check your model against other experts and other data, and that's always recommended. In that sense, Bayesian networks are no exception. You always have to check uh, your model against uh, an external data set, third parties. However, using Bayesian networks as a tool requires realistic assessment of how much time managers and stakeholders have to devote to bringing about change. I mean, Bayesian networks in that sense is not very different from any other type of participatory modeling. You have to have a re- realistic assessment of how much you can involve the different interests in the modeling process. In general, the message from the the Havelser case in Denmark is that it requires a high level of, of process leadership and a great interpersonal sophistication in coordinating the research project and to manage stakeholder involvement in the process. And they advise using a facilitator for the stakeholder involvement plan and guiding stakeholders. So uh, that's more or less some broad recommendations that are maybe not unique to Bayesian networks. But my personal experience is that although Bayesian statistics seem quite daunting, uh, especially for non-statistical specialists, for example, like myself, I think that the the software available uh, on the market now, and there are several alternatives, really makes it much easier for, for let's say, the lay researcher, if there's such a thing, to uh, get a practical handle on this kind of statistics.
0: Great, David. I think this has been very helpful, insightful for me and hopefully for our listeners as well.
1: Uh, it's been a pleasure. I would, I'd like to, could I finish with a quote? Certainly. Yeah, I have a final quote, and I'm borrowing it from a colleague uh, from the special issue called Sakari Kuika, who is a researcher at the University of Helsinki. I really like the quote he made of Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld apparently said that there are known knowns, there are things we know that we know. There are known unknowns, that's to say there are things that we know we don't know, but there are also unknown unknowns, and these are things we do not know we don't know. So Bayesian networks can help us describe what we know and identify things we know we don't know. But with known unknowns and unknown unknowns, we must, as researchers, giving advice to environmental managers at the end of the day, remain both optimistic and skeptics at the same time. So I just like that quote very much. Uh, it just goes to show that Bayesian networks still can't do everything because there are unknown unknowns out there and there will always be variability that we can't explain.
0: That's actually a nice summary perspective on using a Bayesian approach. Thank you very much, David.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: Again, for our listeners, you've been listening to David Barton discuss the special series, Bayesian Networks in Environmental and Resource Management. Access the full series of papers in the July 2012 issue of IEAM, You will also find more information on the different types of software used in the seven case study articles on the webpage for this podcast. Just go to ctacjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to another episode of the IEAM podcast.